2: Back in the studio once again for another edition of uh, Poker Action Line. And uh, I don't want to say we had a great show without you last week, Joe, but... Uh, it was it sounds
0: like that's the way it's going, pretty, <laughs> pretty damn good show.
2: But, of course, I had a lot of interviews from uh, the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open. We went all through the uh, the outcome of the Big Four and several other tournaments, and we heard from... Matt Savage and, uh, Chrissy Bicknell and, uh, several other players actually. And, uh, we got a few more tonight left over from the tournament. So we'll play some of those also here in just a minute from Tony Burns, uh, good friend who has now been the tournament director at the Hard Rock for, t- for over two years. Uh, the place is doing great and Tony was a huge addition to that staff. Not that they didn't have a great staff before, but, uh, Tony added a few things when, h- with his appearance and is just such a hard worker that, uh, the team of uh, Tony and Bill Mason has really done such a tremendous job. Also, give uh, kudos to Larry Frank as well over there, and uh, a great well,
0: staff under them as well. Let me tell you, you're they only as good as your staff, and right? And that's exactly like you said. They were great before that. They got even better with Tony. Yeah, I, and, I think so. You know, a top manager. You know, it's 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 like putting a team together. You know, when you, when you're when you're the head coach of either a football team, a manager, a baseball team. You can't do everything. You really as much as you might want to and control everything, you have to put the trust in, in other people's hands and when you have rooms like this thing is running like like, like the saying says, like a well oiled machine. Yeah, absolutely. That's what you do. And sometimes you have to make changes. Sometimes people have to leave for whatever reason. And you have to get the best person out there to continue having the success and and you know, get the accolades that everybody's been giving them, that we give them and that's, you know, that's a tribute to Mason, uh, you know, bringing in Tony and their staff and everything else. And, you know, the, it, it shows. Right. It shows. Exactly. People, people who don't know about the running a poker room, when you've got great tournament directors, great uh, supervisors, dealers that are well-trained, it, 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 they're the top rooms for a reason because people enjoy it. It, it runs well, especially when people are gambling
2: yeah absolutely and uh, uh obviously they there's lots of money in that property and uh you know that makes things a whole lot easier
0: but it, but uh, it puts a lot of pressure it on does, you. it does
2: it does absolutely because if you
0: don't produce you know it it, it we, we, there's somebody ready to step up so the, it, it kind of puts you you got to have your A game
2: from from day one absolutely and then uh you know whatever competition is around the world uh, they've now developed such a reputation that people are making their choices, and a lot of times it's to come here to South Florida, no matter if it's 95, 98 degrees or, or whatever. But uh, it's a great facility, and the tournaments are well run, and they know that they're ha- going to get good value and have a lot of fun, and see the other big names from around the world as well.
0: Exactly, and 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 as you said, there's a lot of money because of the Seminoles there, you know. Um, but it's not only you know it starts with the po- great poker room and the great management and the staff and your and from From even your cocktail service, trust me, I know that you know with you've got to work hand in hand with food and beverage and everybody else to make sure you have a clean room people don 't realize they think a poker room when you know, the manager sort of runs it. you need the help of other other uh, you know, uh, other uh, aspects of the of the gaming you know the janitorial crew, the bar service. That's that's how you make it, because I don't know about you, Dave. I don't know if you've been at a table where people are complaining, man, I ordered my drink half an hour ago, my food an hour ago. That makes the room look really bad, and we have no control on that unless you have a good working relationship with the people who run you know other aspects of, of the room. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Well, let's hear from Tony. Before we do, I just want to say uh, there are several other things we're going to cover tonight, a little bit about women in poker, a couple of stories that I want to talk about, including uh... the poker night in america uh, uh... ladies night that they had during this tournament uh... there's a couple of funny stories out of that that i want to get to uh... we'll take a quick look at uh... uh... the upcoming borgata which is uh... had also developed a great reputation in the world of poker and uh... we'll talk about a couple other things but uh... our congratulations to the big four winners including brandon eisen who won the uh... main event but let's hear from tony because it's kind of a recap of the tournament Uh, Where they're going where they've been where they're headed Uh, it wasn't completed Uh, the tournament wasn't completed So we were down to like head-to-head play, but uh, Tony gave me about 15 minutes and uh, I do want to play that right off the top of the show And uh, this was my conversation with my good friend, Tony Burns My man, Tony Burns Uh, Another tremendous tournament. You got to feel good about this one uh, now that it's uh, almost over one uh, Two-handed match left
3: yeah, almost over. Uh, down to Alex uh, Alex Toxen, the defending champion of the 2650. Pretty cool. Pretty neat. Yeah, pretty neat to be able to come back and and uh, like they say, defend your title. How often is it spoke about where you actually get to uh, close it uh, against Blair Hinkle? So, great matchup going. Uh, a little bit different than last year. Um, you know, the 1100 finished pretty quickly last year. Uh, then Alex finished up with his 2650 victory. Uh, Martin Kozlov won the championship and. Uh, And then John Andrus won won the high roller. So it was pretty cool this year to have the last four, you know, obviously the final four, um, get down to heads up matches on each table. Yeah. And, and great matches too, well kind of weird because you started with nine and nine and the other
2: ones were eight and eight just by kind of coincidence, mm-hmm. and then they played down together and all of a sudden there's three on one and two on another, three on another. but it ended up all head to head matches at the same time. you almost can't script that
3: no, and it was like it's almost like the dream you know it's the way this product was intended to be um you know Matt Savage and Bill Mason, uh, Larry Frank and you know everybody at the heads of uh, the hard rock. Uh, I guess 2014, 15, to my understanding, had this concept, and uh, it was kind of funny. My like my first week on the job was the big, the right, first exactly. big four in 2015, and uh, to watch what it's become in the four years of, you know, a few changes here and there to the guarantee, um, you know, the freeze out, single re-entry, but we finally got it finited, uh, you know, to where it grew year over year. Um, and uh, just another amazing uh, amazing event. Uh, I talked to Matt earlier, and uh,
2: I'm not sure it's quite the same for you. Uh, certainly it's much different for me, but I noticed when I walked into the high ruler room and looked around to see how many players I knew, I was like a little fanboy there almost. And, uh, you know, you have a professional job to do, which you do very well, but is there a little part of you that kind of goes, wow, these, I'm impressed with the guys that are here?
3: <laughs> yeah, I, it's, uh, I was talking to Daryl Fish, which I've known Fish uh, since 2006, and um, you know, we we're just talking about how we went from bar poker to the big leagues, right. and just uh, how amazing the fields were. You know, he talked about the 25k event. Um, I heard it from multiple people saying, "Man, this was almost like the 5k championship. It was almost like a rollover of a lot of those players." And uh, it, it, there were some some interesting fields, and uh, players uh, really enjoyed themselves. Uh, all the compliments. Uh, of you know just the property you know saying, "Hey, you guys are still undergoing the expansion, but there's still so much to do, and uh, you know that that whole tip hotel tower looks amazing right. and I can't wait for it to be yeah. done, so yeah. we'll talk about
2: know, that in a second.
3: yeah so uh,
2: just a couple of things I noticed that uh, I wanted to get your comments on. Uh, the first tournament, uh, the big four day opening uh, uh, tournament, kind of overlapped with several interesting events. And it worked out really well because some of the people that got knocked out had their different uh, took a try at a mixed game event or something like that, and they were all there at the one point. That was great planning.
3: Yeah, that was something Bill and I when we sat and did the scheduling uh, back in the spring. You know, we said, uh, you know, let's try to diversify our product. And there's more than no limit hold'em out there, and there is a group of people that truly appreciate the way it was scheduled, where you know we opened up with the Omaha eight. Um, we added the Big O tournament to the main schedule. Uh, we found it did uh, really well as a secondary event, and we added it to the main schedule. And we, I think somebody made a comment they, they were able to play uh, six mixed events in the first eight days and that they could schedule their plan to come down here. And so it ran well and just continued to, to stay for the entire trip.
2: The other thing that was nice for me was having this 10,000 high roller today uh, you know, people get knocked out of the big events, and they're all leaving town all of a sudden. But here, there's one last thing to stick around, and then while you're having all the excitement in here with four final tables, you got big names right across the room, so that worked out great too.
3: Yeah, we did. We ran that last year, and it did well, and it did well again this year. Uh, they're down to the final table over there right now, and. Uh, you know, a lot of guys, they stick around, you know, the poker community. There's, uh, a lot of friends, uh, a lot of investments. You know, people sticking around for their two ball, uh, investment and, and seeing how they end up doing. But, uh, it's just a, it's a great way to cap off the series. Um, you know, the PLO, we had the, uh, 2200 PLO that just, uh, finished up and, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, you a got to have some post limbs on the back end, too, because the guys are still in town as they even bust the big four events. Uh, Barry Hutter, he's on the final table over there. You know, Barry busted uh, today and went over, and, and now he's making a shot at... Uh, I believe the first place today on that event was two hundred seventy thousand.
2: Of all the big names that were here at the table, uh, probably the least known guy ends up winning the championship event. Uh, that's always kind of cool too.
3: Yeah, I wasn't really familiar with him. Um, you know, I obviously I read up on the final table and kind of see where people are coming from. But super nice guy. Um, you know, great champion was a very. Uh, Gave a lot of compliments about the property and the way the tournament was ran. So that's always good to hear. Um, said it was his first time here. So when somebody comes, he said, you know, he's hooked. So whenever you come for the first time and win a championship, you know, you gotta, you got somebody for life. And uh, but uh, you know, we treat everybody the same. You know, when you come onto the property for the first time or you've been here, um, you know, for every series, you know, we always try to make the players feel welcome and listen to the feedback. Try to stay updated on, you know, different structures or. Um, what's going out? You know the popular big blind Annie. You know we mix that into pretty much the entire series. Uh, well received for from both players and and the dealers. The staff loves it.
2: That's here to stay, right?
3: I, I think so. I just don't see how. Uh, you know the uh, the comparison was made if you could pay your rent every day or pay your rent once a month, which one would you do? <laughs> and so I, I think it's here to stay. I think in the next two to three years, um, especially after TDA 2019, you know, I talked to Matt. Matt Savage was here uh, the, the entire series uh, for the majority of the series, and you know, showed me the list of things that are on the slate for 2019 TDA and one of his big blind Annie, and just kind of getting some of the formalities. Um, you know, the differences. I think everybody agrees that big blind Annie is good. Uh, Just trying to figure out, A, where it should be posted from, um, and also how to handle all-in situations, which I I think that's kind of got blown out of proportion because of the amount of times it's happened. Um, I think um, the amount of times that I've uh, been called over, you know, what should be posted first, the Annie or the Big Blind, I think maybe once in, you know, four or five months. If there is one drawback to it, when the
2: blinds start to get kind of high, it can be it can really change the way you play a hand, though. Occasionally, uh, there's going to be a tough time for somebody.
3: Uh, it can. Um, you get seven
2: um, deuce and you're playing the
3: big blinds, or yeah, all the blinds. Yeah, I mean, it's, it could change your dynamic of your opening um, the first time I played in it. Obviously, I changed my range under the gun when I knew I was going to post two bigs. Um, but you know what? That's, that's poker, though. Um, in our society right now, everybody's kind of um, how do I say... Short, uh, short attention spans mm-hmm. so the fact that poker tournaments may speed up a little bit I think is a good thing um, I think a lot of times poker players and just us as a human uh, humans we, we like to remember the times that we're negatively affected by things and not the times that we're positively affected by things or positively affected and the big blind Annie um, can have its cons but everybody forgets about the pros about you know how many times eight out of nine times when you 're when you 're full ring that you 're not anning and all those other hands where you would have been blinded out you um, would have been a lot shorter when it got to your big blinds so it 's quick to it 's quick to forget those things, but I think it is something that's here to stay. Okay, two
2: other things that were back this year that uh, always work out well. One, the Poker Night in America crew, which did their cash games for TV. Mm-hmm. You had a ladies event again that was, uh, I guess, a huge success. Uh, that's always a great tie-in for uh, for the property.
3: Yeah, uh, you know, having the cash games, because that's what it's all about in the end, you know, for, for you know, poker rooms. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody forgets that poker tournaments were to bring players in to play cash. And had that cash game um, component here Uh, was another successful uh, ladies' night. From what I heard, that was a blast. They they really embraced it. I heard that there was uh, some uh, some wine uh, to get things going. And but no, I heard the ladies had a great time, and uh, they really appreciate the new uh, spot where they got to play in.
2: Speaking of seven deuce, I heard there was a big hand that someone uh, runs, wants yeah. some, some nice money and got someone to fold. <laughs>
3: yeah, Kelly, I heard she. Uh, Kelly, five, Minkin, yeah, right? Kelly Minkin, Yeah, Kelly and five bet, seven deuce. And uh, I think she. I think it was Jamie Kirstetter that she got to fold. I didn't hear. Yeah, it might have uh, been. Yeah, I think it was Jamie. But I heard that uh, it's a. the first episode was really good. Uh, might need a little editing, uh, <laughs> but I heard it was uh, really, really good. And you know, that's what it's all about. It's, it's for making good, good TV and uh, and good streams. Did, did they have the fireballs going again? I don't know. I, I, I know <laughs> that, that was crazy the first I, one. Yeah, I know that there was uh, there, there was a bottle of wine or two, uh, you know. And but everybody was enjoying themselves. Uh, you know, nobody got out of line. And, but everybody had a great time. And the other thing that
2: was that's always brings in a lot of fun to this event is the Conine Charity event, which was a huge success, big numbers this year. I'm sorry I was out of town, didn't get a chance to make it. Did you, uh, uh, did you bid on any items and take them home? If I You're had not t- allowed if to, if right? Not,
3: if I had time, I'm sure they would have taken my money. <laughs> Let's not get it wrong. They would have taken my money easily. It was just so busy uh, that I didn't really have much time uh, running around uh, helping out every aspect that I could because, you know, a lot of people um, may not know the backstory to Jeff. That I've known Jeff since I was 14, oh, yeah. and I was a bad boy for the Marlins from 97 to 2002. Yeah. And one, uh, my locker was really close to Jeff, and my stepmom was a big fan of his. Don't know why. He was a pretty decent-looking guy, but, uh, you know, my stepmom was a fan of his, so I just kind of naturally uh, gravitated to Jeff. But um, when I came over from the Hard Rock uh, to the aisle, um, there were some relationships and discussions then. Um, you know, I said, Jeff, as you, you know, uh, I've come over to the Hard Rock, and know you have this event, and you're looking to grow it. Um, you know, just let me know if there's ever an opportunity, you know, um, and the opportunity came um, through some other, like I said, relationships on property. And, you know, we had 307 last year. We had 382 this year. And, you know, that everybody enjoyed the new event center. They were in the new uh, ballroom terrace or the terrace ballroom for the pre-party. Uh, just, uh, once again, uh, amazing Amazing event that raised over ninety thousand on the turn portion for the charity. Um, I didn't hear the full numbers from like the silent auction, the other, but Jeff uh, said in an interview with Maria that, uh, that it was a record, and the fact that we had three hundred and seven entries at, sh- at Shuffle Up and Deal was was just a really uh, fulfilling. Um, it was fulfilling, and I don't know how else to put it. And like I said, it came around full circle to do that for Jeff and it was an awesome event. And not to put you on the spot or anything about the
2: guarantees, but uh, uh, it seems like at one time they were a little out of reach. Now they seem a little too low. You guys uh, raised the bar so high that you that you go cruising past on the beginning of the second day.
3: Oh, let's not uh, get too far out of, out of line here, Dave. Uh, <laughs> we actually, the, the million dollar guarantee on the 2650, um, we were keeping a close eye on that. We actually missed that event last year. We had a small overlay and you know we had a, that was a freeze out last year, so we we changed the to a single reentry format uh, to see how that would fare and we were going into the dinner break, uh, I think we were forty five short of, of the guarantee and right on dinner break, we busted the money bubble of the main and they just came out of the, not only from just the main but looked like they came out of the woodwork and they were just the last five getting minutes knocked out and uh, jumping in? no it was like the last five minutes there were a lot of new faces that weren't in the main they oh, just wow. max late reg and that seems to be a popular thing to do right now it's frustrating on an operational piece because you like to have everybody at the beginning there to, you know, to have the most tables that you can have uh, because everybody wants the random draw uh, everybody hates late reg tables and, and you try to be as pleasing to those guys as you can but uh, you know over 4 million 4.4 uh, 4 million you know in the championship um, but I, I think as the property, um, you know, the, the expansion starts to wrap up, I think you'll see that we'll get to rev things back up again, and, you know, the, the series will go longer again. So uh, you know, it's exciting times. I'm, I'm interested to see what the next year is going uh, to do.
2: I can always talk all day with you, but i got to make this uh, <laughs> a little bit smaller so I can be able to email it. I think I had a 17-minute one with you last year. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but uh, let's just close out with the uh, the hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh Everyone's excited year after year how this tournament gets bigger and better. Next year, hopefully, hotel will be open at this time. Uh, there'll be a Super Bowl heading shortly after that. Tremendous amount of excitement ahead of for you guys.
3: Yeah, I have not. I haven't heard an official grand opening date uh, for fall.
2: It's still a long time. <laughs> yeah, away, I, I keep hearing 2019.
3: Okay. Um, I got to think the end goal, obviously, is and the focus is on the Super Bowl, February 2020. Having the property open, obviously, you, when you open up a new property, you're going to have some. There's going to be some hiccups here and there, and you know uh, those I'm sure will be quickly addressed, and uh, they'll be ready to put on a great uh, event in 2020. Not to put any pressure on you, but I want to see this event in a brand new card room next year. Yeah, you not going to happen. I, you know, I have my gut feeling says we'll probably end up being right back where yeah. we are. And you know, what, but the, everybody enjoyed it. Yeah. And this is a great spot. I, like I said traveling around uh, the country and seeing um, other facilities, ballroom space, and and I, I'm you can call me a, a homer to my own place, but we really truly put on some of the best events in the world. And to hear, I'm not trying to be cocky, but it's it, I put a lot of sweat, blood, and tears, Absolutely. and sacrifice uh, family Absolutely. time and whatnot. But to hear back from the players, though, yeah. when you hear the compliments back, you, you know you got something good going.
2: Well, you always got a pat on the back from me.
3: Pre- I know. It's, we've, we've had a lot of fun over the years. Absolutely. Thanks, Tony, for your All time.
2: And that was Tony Burns. Uh, we'll head to a break here momentarily, but. I uh, did want to mention uh, one of our uh, sponsors for a long time, Atlantic West Management Group. We've been talking about it on the uh, commercials for uh, a couple of years. And uh, that is kicking off with its uh, Place Your Chips Caribbean site uh, with poker games uh, where you can play poker and try to add to your lottery tickets. You pay a yearly membership fee of twenty nine ninety five. And you get fifty poker numbers each or fifty uh, lottery numbers each week, and there's a drawing on sundays uh during the week you can uh try to uh turn that into more poker tickets by playing well at the poker tables and also uh there may be some other cash prizes along the way but uh we will uh uh be having a kickoff tournament on august the twenty eighth upcoming and uh it will start at eight p m eastern time, which is uh seven in uh in the central time zones and, uh, you know, d- different places where there are a lot of poker rooms. So I didn't want to have it too late uh, for the Eastern folks, but early enough where we got everybody in uh, after work.
0: That's right. The the West Coast people are going to have
2: to try to get out a little bit early from work because it will be starting at 5 o'clock their time. Absolutely. But uh, we'll start at 8 and uh, it's free to enter. Uh, You go to Place Your Chips Caribbean. You do have to sign up for the site. Now, you don't have to sign up and pay for a membership. There's no cost. You just sign up with your information and your email, and uh, you get into the site, and there will be a code that we will give out. It's an eight-digit number, and you need to write it down. We'll give it out later in the show, and then we'll give it next week as well. But we're working out the final details of the tournament, and uh, you'll need to get on one of the Poker Action Line tables. You just sign up for the event, the site, first of all, and then you go to uh, the Poker Action Line table, and we'll see how many people we get, but we are going to have prizes, and it will be $750 cash for first place, $500 for second, $250 for third. So we're paying three spots, uh, which means if there's three or 400 people playing, well, of course, i have to play well to finish in the top three. Mm -hmm. But if there's... 30, 40, 50 people, got a much better chance. So we invite you to come in because it's kind of a new kickoff to the site. It's our beta tournament, and we will be giving out those cash prizes. So you need to sign up for the site with your information, and we will email you, uh, you know, to get your address and everything and, and get the money to you for the winners. So four eight five two
0: five zero six six is your code. And I'd just like to mention from the details that you and I have gotten from Atlantic West Management that the tournament is scheduled to run from 8 to 11, as you said, Eastern Time, Correct. or until there's a winner. It is uh, no, re- you know, you're going to no be starting from, uh, f- from the details that we've gotten a little bit. It may change by next week. Again, we're getting is 5,000 starting chips, um, and I believe um, blinds are 50 blinds and 100. Are 50 yeah. and 100. Uh, this is going to be a unique tournament in the sense that some of the blinds aren't going to be going up, but it is a time-scheduled tournament, so... Uh, you know, at 11 o'clock the tournament will end if there are more than three people playing, and the uh, top three chip leaders will then be awarded first, second, and third according to their chip stack. Exactly. Um, we are filtering in other details that Atlantic West is getting to us, and um, we should have them hopefully all ironed out by by, by next week's show. But uh, remember, Dave just read out the uh, code number that you have to do, and uh, Dave will let you know now... Uh, you would have to download the.
2: There's the no downloading.
0: You just go to the site and it's uh,
2: online. You know, you're. you're so you're, you're just gonna the the have to register and everything
0: yeah. else. So that's very easy. We're gonna hopefully ask for some feedbacks on this, being that it's a beta testing tournament for for this site and um, you know any informations and uh, hopefully we can get the uh, top three finishers on the show. Yeah, we'd like to have you on the show as and well. And so that's another perk. Exactly.
2: So okay. Okay, here it is: four eight five two five zero six six. Once again, the code four eight five two five zero six six, and you'll use that on twenty eighth when you check in. You will have until nine o'clock dinner, and then we will cut off any more entries after that. So let's take a break here on the show. You'll hear a little bit more about the site, the Place Your Chips Caribbean site, and the tie-in with the lottery and charity uh, aspects of it. When we return, you're listening to Poker Action Line.
0: This is Poker Action Line.
2: I don't believe it.
4: My savings are gone.
3: They're gone.
1: You're kidding.
3: Nope, they're gone. They're gone, gone.
1: Okay. all right. Think about it. Where did you have them last?
3: I remember I was home. Then I took them. And then I spent them on that vacation to Aruba. Then I bought this miniature suit of armor I saw in the in-flight magazine. And that's the last you saw of your savings? Yes. This is so weird.
5: I know, right? Weird? Uh, not really. Not saving now means no money later. You'd be surprised how quickly a little money from every paycheck can really add up. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org.
4: The armor is cool, though. Oops. I think I broke its gauntlet.
1: You broke my favorite part. This message is brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the AdCount.
2: Welcome back to the show. Big Dave and Joe here on Poker Action Line. And uh, one of our favorite topics is encouraging women to play poker. And uh, that's kind of happening a little bit. A couple of stories out this week that I wanted to talk about briefly. One, the uh, New York Times is uh, all of a sudden enamored with women in poker themselves. They wrote a story about Vanessa Selbst about two weeks ago, carried that. And then uh, last week, uh, a new uh, woman on the scene, and she was actually at the Seminole Hard Rock, I believe, but I did not get a chance to see her, 34-year-old Maria Konnikova, who uh, has a really interesting story because she was a writer, a science writer at the New Yorker magazine and uh was working on a book and uh, wanted to write about uh uh decision making in different uh not just games but in life and w- as well and, and was very interested in that and had read a couple of books was working on this uh this latest one herself on uh, luck and decision making and discovered that a good topic would be poker uh which certainly involves the aspects of of a game with of skill and luck uh a lot of decisions to be made and people that uh play poker uh make good decisions obviously do very well and
0: those who don't uh, probably fall by the wayside lose lots of their cash seems a little bit like life huh playing the stock markets and other and other uh you know other adventures that you do to see if you can make your life better absolutely but uh it's so what she called it uh
2: the weird and interesting ways that people use their brains uh, so she decided she uh, wanted to take a sabbatical from the magazine and, and play professional poker and become a player. So who should she hook up with? Eric Seidel, which is not a bad choice there no, to learn the not game. not at all. Uh, obviously one of the best players of all time, and he agreed to become her coach, and he said, I, I know you're a hard worker, and you've got a good background for this, uh, citing some of the things she'd written before. He said, I don't know if you're going to be any good. But in less than a year... She has won a major tournament down at the uh, Poker Caribbean Adventure the, uh, in the Bahamas earlier in the year. And in less than a year, she's playing professionally and uh, doing quite well. So it's a really interesting story on The New Yorker. I just want to bring that up. You can check that out. Uh, some really interesting games. uh, or, uh uh, points of games that she has played, different hands and that sort of thing. Boy, and, uh, get,
0: getting, top cool. not, getting top-notch coaching from one of the best poker players in the world and probably not having to pay for it unless unless she's, he's getting some deals from that book that she's going to be writing. She
2: said uh, mm. if she wanted to see if people with high levels of self-control made better decisions in risky situations, uh, similar to the stock market and that sort of thing and uh, she said, you know... I would imagine that the answer is yes. Yeah, the answer (laughs) is yes, but she wanted to document it, and she used her experiences in poker to write about it. She does talk about playing as a woman, and that, uh, you know, a lot of people are very nice to her, but there are a few people occasionally that will call her everything in the book. Uh, She said she's been propositioned at the poker table, and, uh, you know, uh, she was asked whether that was an attempt to throw you off your game or uh to actually get you to a hotel room and she said <laughs> probably both but I just called the floor and uh, had him moved t- and uh, had him moved to another table so uh but she said there are some things about playing as a woman that I that I thought were pretty cool. She said uh there are players out there who would
0: rather die than be bluffed by a woman. Uh they'll never Which f- a smart woman will take a trem- you know tremendous advantage of. Exactly. She says when she sees certain players uh
2: she sees they're making these uh, generalizations and judgments. And if you can understand what they're thinking, she said she knows how, she, how to play against them. Uh, so there's those people that, uh, that would rather die than be bluffed. She said, I never bluff them because I know no matter how strong my hand is, they're still going to call me because they can't fool to a woman. Exactly. And she said, there's other people who think that I'm not capable of bluffing. She says uh, they think if I'm betting really aggressively, then I have to have a strong hand. It's the, she says I bluff those people all the time. So that was what she figured out to
0: really get good right away.
2: And and, uh,
0: I, and I guarantee you, I don't know if she mentions it there in the article, but things because I love absor- uh, uh, observing the play because since I love to play, and I've always noticed this with re- re- women that I knew were good players, didn't people had to figure it out by losing their money to them, Dave? But you have the guys who play overly aggressive against them right. because they think they're weak. Right. And women would take advantage of that knowing that they would show the weakness to, to, you know, to fake it to the people and uh, to the player and have him just continually throwing chips into the pot that she knows she's going to win. And when they're chasing, not to say chasing, but they're trying to get in cheap – they knew the players that would soft-play them because they, they, they were more like gentleman players. It was so funny because right, they exactly. didn't want to hurt their feelings either because they liked them or whatever whatever their psychological reason was for it. But I saw a lot of players who went the opposite way that soft-played them and allowed them, and smart women knew how to get in to very cheap, it,
5: right, cheap exactly. and when they did hit
0: a pot, they'd take big big advantage exactly. of them. Exactly, and she just kind of closes out by saying, he said, those
2: who don't think that women should be at a poker table, they try to bully me. So, what do I do? I let them, and then I wait to be in a good position so I can take their chips and She says, "Just like life,
0: huh yeah exactly <laughs> i and 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 what i 've seen when that happens when i 've seen some of the great women that I know that play poker is the player gets even more pissed, and now 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 you 've got them not only having that wrong thought or frame of mind but you know on on tilt and barbecuing chips as as I like to say well she 's made over two hundred
2: thousand in the last year as a poker player, so uh, she 's done very well. Uh, She said she'll never stop being a writer, but for the next year, she's going to continue uh, as a professional poker player and uh, improve her game. But uh, she also said in her past, she did a lot of studying on the darker side of humanity and uh, the psychology of of, uh, deviant cases and that sort of thing. And she she said the world of con artists has a lot of overlap with poker because of belief, deception, and figuring out what people are representing. Pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it really is. And, you know, it's, you're mentioning these things. These are things that I've noticed, but it's true. The, the game of poker, especially even today, more so than in the past, in my years of, of playing poker, you know, at the table, you you see all aspects of life represented. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, those, as, as you said, those that can deal with life, with the things that are there in life. And, and have control on their emotions, will be the more successful poker players. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wanted to talk about one hand from the uh, uh,
2: from the ladies' night that uh, kind of made a little bit of a splash, and people talked about it.
0: Uh, and I have no I, idea what this is, to be honest with you. I so brought it
2: up to you last week. Uh, Kelly Minkin was at the table and got into a hand with uh, Lily Coletto. And uh, they had a little tie-in, so this is why this happened, really, probably. It w- normally wouldn't have happened. But uh, they were playing the 7-deuce game, which is winning a hand with 7-deuce meant everybody at the table would owe the winner $100 each. So it's just like a side thing in a, in a cash game that, that you might uh, play. Wait, 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 wait.
0: Say that again? <laughs> if you again? win
2: a hand with
0: your starting hand is a 7-deuce. Starting hand without asking right, for cards. right. Okay, so if you were d- before uh, the flop,
2: right? Uh, if you have seven deuce and you win that hand, you get a hundred dollars from everyone else at the player. Well, it's a full table of nine, by the way.
0: So, okay, so you didn't. You just needed to have the winning hand, not not the nuts, not the no, not, not the two, three, four, five, you seven. Have,
2: no, it's not a lowball game. Just a regular hold'em game.
0: Oh, you mean oh, seven deuce? The, I thought you were playing low ball seven no, deuce. No, the, okay. the worst
2: hand in poker, okay. right, supposedly. If you win with seven deuce uh, in your hand, everybody gave you a hundred dollars. Yeah. So, this is a hand where she ended up five betting Lily Coletta with the seven deuce, and it turns out that uh, Lily had the ace king in the hijack seat.
0: Okay. Ace
2: king off in ace king suited on top of it. So, uh, just to just to give you a little thought on, on looking at it. Uh, Jonathan Little was doing the commentary, and he said that uh, you need to keep in mind, when when he saw this happening, you need to keep in mind a player's stack sizes. And uh, Minkin had a little more than 10,000 in her stack, while Coletto had about 24,000 in her stack. So uh, so they played the hand. Uh, Coletto had a, a four, uh, four bet to 1,800, and both the button and small blind got out of the way. Danielle Anderson uh, even folded her cards and then the 5-bet came from Minkin with the 7-deuce offsuit. So she took three minutes, uh, Coletto did, to decide. Uh, even showed her ace in an effort to improve her read on Minkin. Which, in a tournament, wouldn't fly. But, no. you know, in this cash game, they they let it go. And uh, so, eventually, she did fold. And uh, Coletto talked about a little bit afterwards uh, what she was thinking. She said when... Uh, uh, when, when Caletto said this, uh, when Kelly 5-bet jammed with this optimal hand, it never even occurred to me she could be bluffing. I was running through all the hands I could possibly be racing with, and in the end I put her on aces or kings and decided to pick another spot. Uh, yeah, because
0: you wouldn't think somebody's going to play that seven do so aggressive just for the, the additional, what, seven $800 that she would collect from the other players by, by winning the hand? Right,
2: probably didn't even think $1,800 about it dollars
0: to pick up, you know, $900. Again, you know, she's figuring that uh, this person has to have aces or kings if they're going to play this hand. She's representing that hand. I
2: think you also, too, have to think this was pretty well into the evening. They were having a great time, and... And I don't think they had the fireballs uh, drinking uh, they, they game. They going, hadn't started the shots yet. I don't, I don't think so, but uh, uh, certainly uh, something that's interesting. I think about the game and knowing that in a fun game like that, some weird stuff can happen.
0: Well, you, you, I don't know if, you, if they're still running this game at <laughs> at dania but uh, there was a there was a nice five uh, ten uh, hold'em game that they were running. It was uh, it was five ten. With an uh, with the under the gun having to put twenty, so so uh, you know right afterwards, so and the button put uh, uh, they had a cup coming around you know, okay. And I saw how interesting the play was. Now that you mentioned the story, everybody put twenty five when they were on the button, so they got the most advantageous seat. They were putting twenty five dollars. If and if you didn't win and button moved, the cup moved. And sometimes that thing got up to four, five, six hundred dollars. Oh, wow. wow. And once it got up to about three, four hundred dollars, it was very interesting when I was dealing to them because I was watching how aggressive the button was with any hand because they knew the extra value was not only were they going to take the pot, but they were going to take the three, four, five hundred dollars that had accumulated. In, because sometimes that thing went around four, five, six times around the table without the button winning the hand. And that thing would be four, five, dollars $500, uh, a kitty, I guess they called it. Right. And uh, I didn't, you know, I never played poker like that in the private games, but it did add a completely different aspect to the game once it got into, a, you know, money that was uh, a little bit more serious for it and how aggressive. And these guys were turning over their hands, as we're seeing with this story.
2: Uh, just if you may want to know what, uh, what Kelly was thinking, uh, she did talk to the reporter and said, uh, uh, she said, uh, let's see, she said, uh, uh, I know that Lily loves to gamble and open raised light sometimes, so she knew the player. Uh, I thought there was a good chance she had a marginal hand that she could fold. And uh, when she went into the tank for over three minutes, that she realized she was probably not in good shape, but thought that she still could win the hand whether there was a run out or not. And, of course, all she would need to do is pair up one of those cards, and uh, she could win the hand. But uh, she says, uh, never in my wildest dreams did I think it would be ace-king suited. She ended up uh, mucking the hand, and it was incredible. And the look on the ladies' faces was well, priceless. When well she turned over the seven m- exactly. Minus the 100. So a big yell yeah. went out the table and everything. So it was a lot of fun. Anyway, let's take another break here on the show. When we come back, we'll hear a few more interviews that I did over at the Seminole Hard Rock. We'll hear from uh, Stephen Chidwick. We'll hear from Philip Wee and uh, we'll hear from the champion of the World Series of Poker this summer, John Sin. We'll start off with him when we come back. We'll listen to uh, those interviews, and then if we get a chance, we'll also hear from a local player doing very well, James Salmon. So all that and more to finish out the program tonight when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line. You can pick us up on uh, iTunes, on SoundCloud, the Hold'em Radio Network, uh, All kinds of places where you get your uh, podcasts. Rate the show, tell us how you like it, and uh, subscribe if you get the opportunity as well. We'd love to have you do that as well. We'll be back with more on Poker Action Line when we return.
4: This is Poker Action Line.
2: Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide and right now this game is in a play for free test mode and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer could purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. The odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the play for free demonstration, and hope that you will join us when the play for real game becomes available later this year.
0: WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Drag Racing Series, featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally every Tuesday night following NHRA national events. NHRA Nitro is
1: available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com.
2: Welcome back to the show. Kind of a house cleaning uh, program. I've uh, been picking up a few of the interviews that I got at the Seminole Hard Rock. I did want to play, and uh, most of them are very short, but uh, we'll hear three interviews uh, in a row here. Uh, John Sin, the uh, world champion, uh, didn't have much time to talk to him. It was on a break, but he was kind enough to give me about a minute and a half, uh, answer a couple questions. Also, uh, Stephen Chidwick, before he got ra- finished back to a break. And then the third interview is with Philip Wee, who I wanted to interview. We talked about Kristen Bicknell and uh, Alex Foxen last week and the situation they had at the Venetian this summer. Well, Philip is going out with Lonnie Harwood and was at a final table at the Isle and uh, asked him a couple questions about uh, how their relationship is affected at a final table and that sort of thing as well. So we'll hear from the three of them. Let's start out with the world champion, John Sin. I'm with John Sin, the world champion of poker. How does that feel? Now, are you getting used to that? Uh,
4: Definitely not getting used to that. I don't know (laughs) if I'll ever get used to that. it's It's a weird title to have. Have
2: you been played in these things down here in South Florida in past years, or now you kind of feel obligated to travel around and play and represent poker as an ambassador?
4: No, I definitely don't feel obligated. Uh, this spot or this tournament particularly, it's, you know, it's an awesome location. I've come down here a few years, uh, maybe three or four times, played this high roller two years ago. You know, it was such a fun event, you know, a lot of good people in this tournament. So uh, definitely don't feel obligated, definitely happy to be here.
2: I know that everybody was so excited to see you at the charity event last week, and and uh, you know so some of that is fun. A lot of people coming up to you though, uh, you kind of lose track of your time though for yourself.
4: Uh, uh, yes and no. I mean, you know, going to an event like that, I'm already prepared to, you know, not have time for myself. Uh, but yeah, the charity event was, it was really sweet. Uh, it was way cooler and a lot more happening than I expected. A lot bigger turnout really cool stuff being optioned off so yeah it's cool man. uh the uh it's
2: not true folks let me tell you that uh john just woke up from the final table of the main event but that was had to be exhausting and uh do you go back will you go back and study how you played in certain hands there
4: uh i haven't had a chance to go back and watch it yet i don't know if i'm going to go back and study it but i would definitely like to watch it at some point okay i know you're busy here you can get back to it thanks for talking to me thanks a lot
2: with Stephen Chidwick here at the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open, and uh, just your thoughts after playing all over the world, you come here to South Florida. Uh, what are your thoughts of the poker in this area?
1: I really like playing here. I think they treat the players really well. It's a comfortable room to play in. The fields always get nice and big, and I like how they structure the how, how they set the schedule that you play a bunch of big tournaments in a short space of time. So it's nice.
2: Do You consider it a must uh, a must go to stop now.
1: Uh, it's becoming more and more that way, yeah. Um, it's a place I didn't, didn't play at very much a few years ago, and yeah, the more I play here, the more I like it. So,
2: And uh, what are your thoughts on your breakout year this year? Obviously, uh, you've taken things to the next level. Uh, if it wasn't for Justin Bonamo, I think everybody would be talking about you, but uh, you're certainly in that conversation right now. What are your thoughts on how you've played this year? Uh, yeah, I'm happy with how
1: I'm playing. Obviously, the majority of my results has just been being pretty lucky and winning the all-ins in the right spots and stuff, so yeah, it feels nice for that to happen uh, after a stretch of uh, of feeling like that didn't happen. Uh,
2: After years of grinding it out, it feels good, yeah, for sure. Congratulations. Uh, Hope you keep it going. Thank Thank you. I'm with Phil Hui. And uh, you're here, here at the final table for the Isles Tournament, the 1100 buy-in. Uh, tell me about your summer out there. I know that you had a uh, do 7 low ball where you just missed the final table. Uh, no, no big cashes, but seven cashes and a pretty good time. Uh, are you happy with the summer?
1: Uh, no, it was a bad summer. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, Lonnie also, you go out with Lonnie Harwood. Uh, probably not the greatest one for her either. She's had better summers.
1: Um, she did all right. I mean, she had twelve caches. Twelve caches. Nothing big, but she made her final table. She did all right. I think She broke even. Close to even. She did. She
2: you're here did. in a hold'em tournament, but I know that you're a great mixed game player. What are your hopes for mixed games really getting bigger? I mean, obviously, when you go to Vegas, um, you got lots of choices and stuff to play, but you come to most places, you really don't.
1: I, I enjoy playing the mixed games more. I guess I, I, I guess I want something like um, tournaments added to like WPT stops and stuff. All
2: right.
1: Maybe one horse tournament. Are we going to see that
2: at all, or not really? I have no idea. Yeah. So when you play in a tournament like this, are you uh, are you having fun with it, or is you like, well, I wish I was playing the
1: horse? Um, or uh, I mean, yeah, I definitely prefer seven. playing the mixed games. Uh, it's fun, obviously playing for a lot of money, but uh, everybody's so robotic and. It takes a long time. Like the action is really pushed around. The really slow. But I mean, if, I feel like everybody's so good at them now that my edge is a lot lower in the than the mixed games.
2: Uh, I got to get your outlook on what happened this summer in Vegas with. Uh with Kristen Bicknell and Alex Fox, and they've been going out for a while. Uh, They got to the final three, and they were accused of some stuff. I don't think they were treated fairly, really, because they had the two big stacks. And obviously, whether you're going out or you never met each other, you're going to try to squeeze out the small stack and, and move up on the price. Here you're playing with three players. It's not the same situation, but how did you look at that, going out with Lonnie for a couple of years and seeing that happen? Uh, did it make you stop and think uh, how you would handle that if you guys got? Uh, I know she was at the final table here.
1: I think they they did what. I don't think they did anything wrong. Right. I mean, they protected their their stack and their their uh, ICM. I mean, if I was a kid knowing who they are and knowing mm-hmm. what, the, I would have taken a chop. I mean, they they both offered him a chop and right. he denied it. So. Right. He had a chance to to accept. You have to know what's going to happen, and he tried to beat them both, and he got unlucky. Like he, he should have. I mean, he got it in good. He could have easily won. So how how
2: does that affect you moving forward? If you get in a tournament and you're down late, Uh, and Lonnie
1: is in there. I mean, Lonnie final table this tournament with me. I I don't. I mean, I'm not going to go out of my way to to like go at her, but we we play our cards. Are you competitive against each other? uh, I I always root for her over myself. Yeah. So, not maybe maybe when we
2: first started dating, but not anymore. It's just team team effort. Okay, I know you're getting back to action. I hope you can bring this one down. Good luck. Thank you. In the interview uh, last week, uh, Joe with uh, Matt Savage, you you weren't here, but uh, he talked about how I walked into the high roller room and looked around, and I was just like a fanboy.
5: You know, I mean, it was amazing.
2: <laughs> I mean, I can't even uh, begin to tell you the great group of names of the players that were there. And uh, for people who like poker, I I would invite them to come out. There's a uh, when they play the hard rock, uh, you know, the main event, uh, all the tables are full in the uh, the event center. You can sit up in the bleachers. And and if you're a fan of poker, you know, you you can certainly have some interaction with some of these people occasionally in the hallways and stuff like that. So uh, I invite people to uh, become more of a fan and show up at some of
0: these things. Well, I'm hoping that that has occurred, uh, you know, and that, like you said, it's growing and growing with the success, the continued success of the Hard Rock. And, you know, they they they're a major player already. And, you know, they they may become the big boy in the room next to the WSOP main event uh, in the coming years, you know, as 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 the next major tournament that you must be at. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Let's take our final break on the show. When we come back, uh, try to fit James Salmon in. He's a very interesting guy from South Florida here, and we'll try to fit one more interview in. We'll also remind you of our tournament coming up uh, on August 28th. Uh, don't forget the code. If you want to write this code down, if you have any interest at all, uh, write it down, 4852 5066. It's the code you'll need to get into the tournament at Place Your Chips Caribbean. Let's take our final break. We'll be back with more of the show when
0: we return. This is Poker Action Live.
2: And the play for real game becomes available later this year. Final segment of the program: Big Dave and Joe, and uh, interesting player that I got a chance to talk to for a few minutes was James Salmon, who is uh, local here in uh, Miami. And uh has really been improving his game. You see these guys uh sometimes you when you follow these events, you know who they are, and you may have even played in a local event or something with them. but uh all of a sudden, I see his name running very deep in a lot of different events, and I think a lot of these local
0: players here in South Florida, the competition is so good that they just keep getting better well and you know you have to i I've always been a believer as a growing up as I playing different sports. I love playing better competition. Because it's the only way that I was going to improve as an athlete, and I've I've always believed that in poker, I I kind of knew that I was going to get my ass handed to me, but I hopefully I'd get an education, I'd get I'd, you know, that'd be payment for an education, and as you mentioned, South Florida just has such a great reputation now. You've got to play good, and I think that poker, just like life, sometimes keeps kicking you in the ass until you learn to turn away from that kick, and. You know, these players, when when they finally get that big break and make that right decision, you keep seeing them get the confidence to continue to do that, and I'm sure that's what's happened with this young man.
2: Absolutely. Well, here was my conversation with James. With the South Florida guy, James Salmon, and it's always great to see, uh, you know, our guys down here do well in these big national tournaments. You do, did well at the World Series this summer. Uh, latest thing was at the aisle, you had a good tournament, and then here, in the 1100, you made the final table. Fourth place, uh, and yeah. a pretty good payoff here.
5: Yeah.
2: Uh, I see your name all the time in the
5: leaderboards, so obviously you're playing well, and you've got to feel good about your game right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so whenever, like, fourth place is so above expectations, so it uh. does hurt to, like, not close it out, but can't be too upset, because that's a really good result. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's been going well for me, I've been working hard, studying, and um, I'm still kind of waiting for that breakthrough win, but along the way, you know, th- these wins definitely feel good, so.
2: I know you were one of the guys in so Flop Poker down here, I guess was kind of an organization with Kobe no, for a while, I, and I never I in
5: that? Okay. No, I wasn't in that.
2: But I know that you played in a lot of charity tournaments that I've uh, covered or been in, and seen you in some stuff like that, so I always see you around, and, and you seem to have really stepped up your game. Uh, yeah. Talk about that. With the improvement that goes through that, is it just confidence, or is it just playing no, against some of these you guys? You
5: can't just like be confident and like will yourself to be better at the game. Um, I mean, of course that helps, like a good mental state, with um, like believing yourself and having confidence. Uh, but there's there's no substitute for actually working on the technique of getting better at the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, what that looks like in today's game is you know like using um, like solvers, so you can learn GTO. So that's okay. where I put most of my work. Uh, is kind of running simulations and and I'm um, going over spots and yeah it, it takes a lot to kind of like um, keep to, to to get to the to each each level it it takes it takes work so yeah I would think it's I would think it's both. Confidence, mental game, and you know, work off the felt, working on hands, and, and what do you think about the South Florida
2: scene here? I mean, obviously the Hard Rock has really put this place on the map over the last five, six years. Uh, the Isles always had a good reputation, so there's always some big stuff for you to play here, where you don't
5: have to really travel and you get to sleep in your own bed, right? Yeah, I mean, I think this is probably the best place to play poker. It was kind of like a secret for a while. And I think it's out. You see a lot of people traveling to South Florida to come play. Um, and it's turning to one of the biggest markets in the country, if not the biggest. So we're definitely blessed to... I live here. You know, I live in Miami. So definitely blessed to, to live here as a poker player. Because, like you said, there's a, a lot of events um, ongoingly. And, like, big events, too, with, 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 you know, big turnouts, big prize pools. So, yeah, to me, playing in South Florida is easily the best spot. My, my wife and I just did, uh, like, a 15... 15-month trip around the world where I was playing in like Asia and, and Europe and um, and a little bit in Latin America. And um, while that was awesome, uh, I, I have a, a huge appreciation for South Florida poker as a result of, of my travels. Just kind
2: of curious, what did you find was kind of the best place to play worldwide? People don't <laughs> hear much about that. What was your thoughts?
5: I would, I would say Barcelona. Yeah. Barcelona is the best and then Australia would be behind. So those are two stops that I would like Um, repeatedly go to.
2: So you're traveling worldwide now to play these big tournaments, uh, you know, besides the great stuff down here in South Florida. What are your plans next? 17th in the Monster Stack, kind of put your uh, name
5: on the map there, and I think people know who you are when you come to these tournaments. Where are you planning on going? Uh, We're we're thinking about doing Barcelona again because we liked it so much. We spent a month there last year, so we'll probably do that again, and then after that we'll go to uh, the WPT in in Borgata. So um, I do like traveling. I, I feel like uh, it kind of expands, expands me. It, it challenges me. And, uh, you know, outside of South Florida, there's, like, a lot of good players that I get to face that help me to grow, um, like, as a player. So I think it's good to take it out.
2: When you have a huge event like this right in your hometown, uh, uh, you're probably not the same as me, but when I was walking around in the High Roller yesterday, and, and I was just kind of like a fanboy, you know, seeing all these people that I really Yeah, it's respected. awesome.
5: I mean, so, so I think, like, there's maybe Cherokee. Um, there's, like, a WSOP 1600 going on. But, like, besides that, like, there's really nothing else going on um, in the country that's, like, that could compete, um, even internationally, you know, it's, like... Just makes a lot of sense to be here, right. so I think that's why you see such a such a great turnout for all of, all of the big four events, crush the guarantees, and I think they'll continue to do so.
2: And another step in the right direction for you, uh, long-term goals. What do you want to do here in the next uh, next year or two?
5: Um, I'm looking to have like a breakout year. You know, like I've kind of grinded my way to like 700k in earnings, which is fine, um, but I I haven't had that that year where it's like. You know I've right. become like a household name or something for lack of a better word, <laughs> um, you know, like like that had exactly. a similar year like that yeah, where absolutely. nobody really knew who yeah. he was, and then bang you're not so, talking Bonamo but Foxon no, no, no. Maybe, uh, yeah like that, that could be like you know um, i'm looking I'm looking for that's kind of like what I'm working right. towards is like having breakthroughs like that so you know this is a good start and and uh we'll see I'm grateful for the success I've had
2: and when you play these tough players like this in a tournament like this, what? do you kind of say to yourself is something I need to work on
4: to Hmm. get Um, to that level
5: uh, let's see get good cards right no no. it's like (laughs) I I guess what first comes to mind is like you know technical things like CBET frequency and and, um, like just being really aware with with rangerous range interaction Um, kind of like tightening those screws I think would uh, give me a better competitive advantage against those guys because like they're doing, they're doing the same work I'm doing. So, you know, apparently I need to like uh, step my game up with my preparation.
2: And, and one last thing, how you, how did you get into the game and uh, started on this journey? And tell me a little bit about what. Yeah, surely. You to the game?
5: Well, I mean, I was like, I was a a, um, a product of the the moneymaker effect. Okay. So I picked it up like in I think 2003. I was, I was, uh, I was in college. I was at FI, FIU, and I saw I saw him. Uh, win that tournament like a lot of people did and they were like this accountant who doesn't know how to yeah. play the game just won two and a half million dollars what's that and then uh, that's how I picked it up and then we started playing in the dorm rooms and then um, at where at? Uh, FIU Okay. and then um, I think uh, I just uh, I just had a natural inclination to play the game and um, I was like, just like addicted to playing it so like, you
2: never really had to have a real job huh?
5: no I, I so like I did it for like a few years and then um, you know like I, I wasn't a winning player at the beginning, uh, and then so I, I went to work. You know, I worked for like five years. Um, recently, I was at a cruise line, and then 2014, I kind of rehashed my poker dream, and uh, that's when I started playing exclusively okay. as a poker player. So, just play, playing cash in tournaments and tournaments. Okay.
2: Another step along the way. Like I said, uh, congratulations. Uh, Thank good you. Good luck here in the near future. Thank you very much. Okay. I think we're going to see a lot of things from this guy here in the near future. So uh, another one of the great South Florida players. Anyway, uh, one final reminder about our tournament. It's coming up. We'll have one more show between now and then. So we'll try to give you a few more uh, information, informational details next week. uh, As we release the show on Monday next week, Uh, we will be... uh, giving some final details on how to get involved in the tournament. But basically what you have to do is go to our site, uh, placeyourchipscaribbean.com. Uh, when you put in Caribbean, make sure you spell it right, C-A-R-I-B-B-E-A-N, two B's, one R, uh, and you'll sign up for the site. Uh, basically, not for the, you don't need to pay anything. Uh, You don't need to sign up for a membership. You just go ahead and And uh, register yourself yourself at the site. And uh, then you go to uh, come to the game on uh, Tuesday night, August 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, in between 8 and 9, you can sign up. Uh, After 9, we'll not take any more. But it will be about a three-hour tournament. We'll end at 11 p.m. And the top three winners will win prizes of $750 for first, $500 for second, $250 for third. And everybody that comes and plays the event will get the 29.95 membership to uh, the Poker, uh, to the Place Chips Caribbean uh, lottery site uh, for the entire year. So uh, that will all be coming up. We'll be asked for a code uh, when you sign up uh, to get into this tournament. So make sure you write it down, 4852-5066. Once again, 4852-5066. That's a good way to remember it, because all the numbers are right around 50, except for the last two, obviously. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you can always go back, obviously, and listen to the podcast or uh, roll it back if you want to pick up the number. But uh, thanks for being with us tonight, Joe. Thank you. Uh, glad you had a great time on your cruise, and you're back in action. Uh, Gio, thank you for all your help, as usual. And uh, we will be back with another show next week here on Poker Action Live.